Welcome everyone to another episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. We're a nonprofit in Western PA whose mission is to create communities of listening around veterans and their stories to connect, educate, heal, and inspire. If you've been watching The Scuttlebutt for some time, you may remember the episodes that dealt with the Army Emergency Relief Fund and the other one that dealt with TAP, the Transition Assistance Program. Well, today we're going to have on Staff Sergeant Ryan Skinner, who's currently nearing the end of his transition from the military, the Army, uh, out into the civilian world. He is taking advantage of the Career Skills Program. This was a program that started in 2015 and allows retiring and separating soldiers to participate in skills training during their transitional period to improve their civilian employment options. Uh, the program's focus is on pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeships, on-the-job training, internships, job shadowing, and other types of employment skills training during the soldier's last 180 days of service. Ryan is joining us from Italy, uh, where he is currently deployed, uh, and we get a bit into his service and what led him to say, well, I'm going to um, uh, separate and transition back to the civilian world. And then we get into a bit of his TAP experience, his transition assistance program experience, and how that led into the career skills program. Uh, he is an intern with them right now. Uh, I think you'll find this very interesting if you are a current service member and you're looking at transitioning out. He has a lot of really great advice on how to do this, uh, who to talk to, uh, what you need to look out for, how you need to prep yourself. Um, really good conversation. Uh, we had a great time. So make sure that you like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell on YouTube so you're the first to know whenever we release new episodes of The Scuttlebutt. And you can always email me at sean, S-H-A-U-N, at veteransbreakfastclub.org. I will put in to the description, the link to the previous two scuttlebutts where we talked about the Army Emergency Relief and as well as the TAP program. Uh, I think those are very informative episodes as well. Uh, this one sort of is an extension of that, but if you've already gone through those and you want to find out more about CSP, it's a great place to be. Uh, so enjoy the show. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining on the scuttlebutt today. Uh, we're really excited to get into the Army Emergency Relief's uh, what is this called? The Career Skills Support Program, but also Career Skills Program. We'll get into sort of what that is uh, here in just a little bit, but I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, you're coming to us from Italy, uh, and you are in, Army, uh, in the Army currently. Yes, currently I'm in the Army uh, for the 173rd Airborne Brigade uh, out in Italy, uh, stationed in Vicenza, and that's where I'm at now uh, recording for you. I'm so jealous. Uh, well, you know, we always like to ask our veterans uh, and, and active service members um, whenever we get a chance to talk with them, somebody new to the VBC, is why did you cho choose the Army? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this this story's been a, a long, long time uh, work, a lot of work. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, my my entire way that I joined is uh, is super just incredible story. I, uh, first I, I graduated college, um, which not many, so I'm an enlisted soldier. So there's two choices that you come in with when you go into the army. Okay. You're either going into the officer, the commissioned officer realm, or you're going into the enlisted soldier realm. Now with a college degree for the majority of people who get a college degree, they're in certain programs like ROTC or OCS and and those programs get them into the officer, um, the officer realm of the army. Yeah. Uh, I decided to go into the enlisted. Um, now my decision based on that was kind of where I was in my life and kind of personality wise. Um, I just felt like I would really succeed in the enlisted, uh, side of, of the army. And, uh, I wasn't wrong. So luckily that decision, uh, that was a really good decision for me. Um, you know, and so I graduated college in 2014, uh, from Westchester university of Pennsylvania, uh, worked for about a year and a half. I did two different jobs. I was working in a lot of the fitness industry. I've grown up playing sports and, you know, super intrigued and interested, uh, in everything that has to deal with athletics. Um, you know, and I always kind of had in the back of my mind that I would join the military. Uh, a lot of my come from, sorry to interrupt. Did you come from a military family? Yeah. A lot okay. of my family, uh, was military. Uh, both my grandfathers were, uh, Marines. A couple of my uncles were army officers as well. So including my father. Uh, so yeah, I had a, I had a background family and it kind of was always in the back of my head that I was going to join. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's how I kind of landed on it. And, it was funny because I had an appointment with my dad one day. My mom's like, you know, we got to figure out, you know, for your career, like what your next step is. And I'm like, totally agree. You know, I need all the help I can get. 
Um, and so, you know, at dinner, I'm sitting there with my family and they're like, you know, tomorrow night we'll go over some plans and, you know, we'll try and figure, help you figure this out. And I was super grateful for that. And so I go to work the next day um, and I worked in the vitamin shop. So I got to help people, you know, kind of figure out plans for supplements. And mm -hmm. anyway, I had an, I had an army recruiter walk in the door oh. and uh, he got to, he, I got to show him around and talk to him about a lot of things. And before he left, I was like, you know what? I, uh, I kind of been meaning to talk to one of you guys. Um, you know, can I have an, maybe set up an appointment with you? He's like, Oh, here's my card. Easiest recruiting I've ever done. Here you go. Right. He's like, you know, when are you available? And I was like, how about tomorrow at 9am and tomorrow, the next day at 9am, I sat down with him. And then a month later I was gone to basic training. <laughs> okay. So where you had dinner though, with the family to talk about career path. Is that where you said, I kind of joined the, the army. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's the best part of the story. So I did that all. I went throughout the rest of my day with work. I go home, I eat dinner uh, with my, with my family. And, you know, my dad sits down, opens his notebook, clicks his pen open. He's like, all right, uh, you know, we, we got to think of some stuff and try and come up with the industries and ideas of where you want to go. He's like, do you have anything in mind? And I was like, well, I have an appointment with the army recruiter tomorrow morning. My dad goes, click, close the book. He's like, <laughs> awesome. We're done here, man. That's perfect for you. He always knew the military was perfect for me. So as soon as I kind of came up with that idea. He was like all, he was excited and ready to wow. go. So that's, that's kind of that story of how, how I ended up deciding to join the military. And I, I love that story. It's great. Seriously. What did your mom think? Oh, my mom was uh, a little bit different, both excited uh, as well as nervous at the same yeah. time, because she knows that I'm, I'm very serious about what, you know, whatever it is that I go into doing. Yep. And I told them I expressed pretty, you know, pretty strongly that I was going to go infantry. There was no other way I was going to go. I wanted to be the guys on the ground making the decisions and, and doing things to, you know, protect innocents and, uh, you know, yeah. kind of protect our country, et cetera. So right. yeah, she was nervous, uh, as well as excited at the same time. Oh man. Did your dad have any, uh, any advice for you? I mean, there's a lot of family history there, so I'm sure that they had some, had some thoughts. Yeah. The biggest advice that my dad really gave me, um, which at the time I, you know, I obviously couldn't really understand it. Now I definitely do was the only worry he had for me going into the military was just, he really hoped that I would land in with some good leadership Yeah. Um, because the army is a big organization. There's the biggest a lot of the military people. branches. Yeah. There's a lot of people and you know, your leadership is a person. They're a human being. They make mistakes. They have a personality and, um, you know, so you really kind of hit the luck of the draw when it goes getting into the military and you really have good leadership and good people to your left and right. So, so far, uh, I've done seven years and I've been very lucky and very fortunate to have a lot of really great people that I've been around. And so I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So if, if I understand correctly, then you've already re-upped once. I have. Yes. I did okay. one contract with the third infantry division at Fort Stewart. Uh, in Georgia. Uh, I did four years there. And then I re-enlisted for a contract with the Airborne uh, and to specifically come here to Italy. That was my biggest thing. I, I worked with the uh, higher headquarters uh, during my re-enlistment and my contract. And I was like, you know, I want Italy. That's what I want. That's where I want to go. Um, and, you know, luckily I got it. It was very, very tough. It was not mm -hmm. easy to do. Yeah. And in those first four years, uh, were you deployed? Obviously, 2014, if you were in at that time, you know, things were still happening in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, so I came in in November of 20, uh, 2015. Okay. Um, and at the end of basic training is kind of where you figure out, they tell you where you're going. Uh, I ended up going to Fort Stewart. And within three weeks, I was gone for seven months. Uh, but it wasn't a combat deployment, kind of how, how our lingo works when it comes to deployment. Deployment for us really kind of refers to uh, combat deployments, um, but I was deployed per se on a rotation, training rotation. Mm -hmm. uh, we went uh, for two months in Germany, uh, two months in Poland, and two months in Hungary. Okay. Uh, and, and then uh, and take us up through, and then did you get deployed eventually? Uh, no, not on a combat deployment, no. I, I did the, the first... Uh, training rotation deployment I did with the third ID. 
mm-hmm. was uh, to Germany, Poland, and Hungary for those six months. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the following year, I went to Korea for nine months. Okay. Um, and then after that is when I joined and came here to Italy. And since I've been in Italy, I've been all over the place, a bunch of different countries out here in Europe and Africa. Um, so I've been all over the place. It's taken me a while through VBC to learn. And, and there's a reason why I ask about the deployments, because uh, this incredible sort of shadow box that you have behind you, uh, I did notice the blue rifle, which is, is the blue rifle mean combat. Yeah, so this uh, right here that you, as you can see, is called the Expert Infantry Badge. Okay. Um, so a very similar, very similar um, pin. Okay, but it's it has the wreath uh, is a ah, CIB, which is gotcha. Combat Infantry Badge, gotcha. which you receive under certain circumstances uh, within combat. So mm-hmm. I I was able to earn my Expert Infantry Badge which is a basic kind of a military school where you go and you perform specific tasks with specific rules in a specific time standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do all sorts of tasks, 30 different tasks, uh, three different uh, phases with 10 different lanes in each. And mm-hmm. you have to perform them all with perfection um, in order to pass. Thank you for that distinction, because I did not know there were two separate that that look similar enough, but the wreath is what you're, uh, yeah. the wreath is what I was missing there. Yeah, they're exactly the same. There's a little bit of a difference. You'll see the wreath uh, attached to it in the center, and that is a CIB, which is the Combat Infantry Badge. Gotcha. Um, well, I, it's a beautiful shadow box, and for those of you listening uh, on a podcast audio, you jump over to the YouTube, you get to see this beautiful shadow box that, that Ryan uh, has sitting behind him. Uh, you also prominently placed a hat that has a very interesting logo on it, but I'm not quite sure what that is. Yeah, so that is my the current company that I'm with, uh, Able Company of the 2nd uh, 503rd Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 173rd Infantry Brigade Combat Team. Mm-hmm. This is my company, my specific company logo and the hat that, uh, that we wear uh, around our company area where we operate. And another question we like to ask at BBC is why jump out of a very good plane? It's fun. <laughs> Take me through your first jump. Oh man, my first jump. So when I went to uh, airborne school, okay, so I went from third ID. Uh, I went from there straight to uh, airborne school. And then I returned back to third ID in order to then go to my station here in Italy. Mm-hmm. And airborne school was awesome. So I've never done any type of skydiving or I'm not, I'm not sure at this time I had skydived once with a tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've already kind of gotten the, you know, the what thrill out. Like. like, yeah, but there is nothing else like jumping out of an airplane with some gear attached to you at a thousand feet, 1200 feet or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that is a whole nother game. All right. Okay. Uh, in airborne school, uh, actually my first jump, um, I was the first guy in the door. So I have all these people behind me. We're getting up to our, our drop zone and they, they tell you to stand by and you, you turn and I'm facing outside of the door about to do my first jump, looking at the ground and the trees and then just waiting for that, that airborne pat, which is where they give you the tap on where you're good to go. You get the green light. Okay. Is just, it a tap or is it a go? <laughs> uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's a nice, cause you got to feel it. Cause you got all this gear. So they yeah. kind of go for the area on your lower back area where you have no gear. So they go yeah. for that in order to get you out the door. <laughs> um, and so I did my first jump right out, right outside of the door. And it was, uh, it's on, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. Do you, I mean, they, they, of course they show it in the movies as like you jump out and you're flipping and all this stuff, but is it really kind of just a flat, you just kind of get out in the, in the open air and you have this like, you know, this nice free fall. It is so fast that you don't even have time to think. I mean, you're, yeah. You're out the door. You're counting six, uh, you know, six Mississippis essentially mm-hmm. uh, until your parachute is open. At six Mississippi, if you're still falling, you're gonna have to look left and right and see if you're still falling faster than your fellow jumpers. Mm-hmm. All right, and then in that case, you're gonna go ahead and utilize the reserve that you have on your chest. Yeah. Um. So it's very fast. You're out the door within six Mississippis. Your parachutes you know, up, you're checking all of your things, making sure you're good to go. You're not falling faster than anybody. You're nice and safe. And then you're just kind of standing by until you reach the ground. And this isn't a, that, so that doesn't sound like a joy ride. That sounds like, um, it's very strategic. It's very like procedural. Like you're not up there to enjoy, Hey, that's a nice building over there. Like 
you got to make sure where where your landing zone is what's going on upside where's everybody at all that stuff yeah your your uh your free fall isn't really a free fall you're you're out the door and because it's static line it's gonna which i have right here actually the static line that's gonna go ahead and pull out your main parachute for you Mm -hmm. um and you know if all else fails like i said before then you'll pull your reserve so it's very fast um it's very different. I also skydive for fun too. So jumping out of 14,000, 13,000 feet. Now right. that's where you get, you know, that fun part where you can actually look around and you have time <laughs> to kind of, you know, think about things. Yeah. Take it all in. So you've already re-upped once. Uh, is the army something you want to make a career of? You want to do the 20 years? Yeah. So I, uh, I re-upped once and now that I'm getting towards the end of my second contract, uh, I was put on orders for uh, in order to reenlist. And, you know, as I'm looking at my five, my 10 year plan, you know, I'm really gauging a lot of things financially, mm-hmm. you know, what it is that I really want to do, you know, deep down in my heart. Um, and unfortunately, uh, at the end of the day, I came to the conclusion that it's time for me to exit the military. Okay. And that brings us up to the army emergency relief and, and career skills support program. Um, what, uh, why did you make that decision? I know that's maybe a personal question, so you don't have to answer it, but, um, in, in that decision, we know that it's pretty difficult in a lot of ways for a military personnel to transition out of the military and get into the civilian life. So there are support networks there. Uh, you obviously finding one with career skills support program, um, lead us through that decision. Yeah. So I, there's so much that goes into it. Um, it, it really is hard to explain, you know, for someone active duty, making that decision, making that mm-hmm. switch, that big career change, essentially what you're doing is you're, you're, enti- you're changing, you're changing your entire life, not only your career. Okay. But your life, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not just going from one job and applying and then setting it up right to go to the next. Like it's uh, it's very difficult. The decision uh, really at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, it came down to finances Um, and for me, a big one was just my five to 10 year plan for family. Um, you know, the military has so many things that really support, uh, and have great benefits. I mean, unmatched really is. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, um, I, I just really want to make sure that I can be there for the family. You know, my fiance is Italian. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, we have big plans for the future, Um, and I just want to make sure that I can be there for her and for our kids that we want to have Mm -hmm. soon, hopefully. Um, and so the, the real base decision on that was, um, was being able to be home because, you know, when you, when you commit, um, to your country, you, you commit a hundred percent. Um, and, you know, family always comes first to a point, but there, you have another family that you're in charge of, you know? And for me, I've been in charge for the past three years. I've been in charge uh, of over 25, you know, 25 soldiers in my platoon yeah. as a platoon sergeant and a mortar section sergeant. So, um, you know, what at the end of the day, uh, what it came down to was just I think it's time to pass the torch um, and mm-hmm. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for the next step and, and to kind of transition back, you know, as 32 years old. Um, and after seven years, I'm, I'm ready for the next phase in my life. Yeah, that's a that's a very big decision, very mature decision. Um, did your dad was was he in the military when you were born, or was he already out at that time? Yep, he was uh, he was in the military just up until I was born. Um, mm-hmm. Right around Desert Storm was yep. where I was born in ninety one in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole time prior to that uh, was was Desert Storm. My dad actually was really looking into um, staying in. But same, same kind of deal. Actually, I haven't even thought about this until really right now. It's kind of the same deal. Uh, you know, my mom was pregnant with me and, and my dad had a decision to, to make. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the decision came down uh, to make sure that we could support our family. I mean, that's the same thing he did that I'm kind of doing now. I actually just thought about that. That's kind of crazy. Well, now you have to give him a call. I'm glad I was able to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> I charge $25 an hour. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Air price. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, you've made this decision. Uh, how did you find out about AER and what made you look into that? Is there is there something the Army has in place that says, hey, you guys are transitioning out. Th- these are the steps you need to make? 
Yeah. So essentially what we have is called the transition assistance program mm -hmm. referred to as TAP. Yep. Um, now uh, there there's portions of it that you have to complete in a certain amount of time so that you can get all of this information that you need in order to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. So uh, the timeline specifically, right? You have your end of contract date, 18 months from that end of contract date is when you're first eligible in order to uh, register and start your transition assistance program. Mm -hmm. um, now within, within the entirety of the program, you know, they go through, they set you up for classes. Um, some of the classes they go over is initial counseling, kind of a pre-separation brief. And then depending on that with your counselor, you, you get um, issued a certain tier, which is like what your interests are, whether you want to go to school or whether you want to open a business. So then your transition classes that you're going to take, those workshops are going to be geared towards that specific thing that you want to do. Gotcha. Um, and then you complete that. Hopefully you're completing that around 12 months to nine months out from your end of contract date. It's mandated by Congress, by Congress, okay, for, for soldiers to complete, I believe, their first initial counseling and their pre-separation brief before that 12 month mark. And so, it's a lot. It's, it, I, I say that because we did have some, a representative from the TAPS program on a previous episode of the Scuttlebutt. So I'll put a link to that episode here in the description for anybody who's like, wait, what TAP? what's TAPS? And they can sort of backtrack a bit and catch up. Uh, but you were already uh, a college graduate. So your program was a lot different than someone who's coming out saying, I wanna use my GI Bill. Yeah, it's yep. very individualized, very individualized. Okay. And a lot of soldiers, what, what they don't realize, you know, if we have listeners that are either senior, you know, um, senior people or they know people in the military or they're junior enlisted, a big portion of this is, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Ah. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point of TAP. That is yeah. why you go there to to receive the information, even if you're a hundred percent, I'm reenlisting. I want to stay in 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know what's going to happen. We're in the airborne. There's a lot of things that we do that is dangerous and you get injured. So we have people that have planned to reenlist, you know, and they don't come in to tap on that 18 month mark to start getting the information. That doesn't mean that they're set in stone getting out, but it gets them that information they need. Maybe something happens, you have a bad jump, and now you're getting med boarded out of the army, which is essentially uh, the army early retiring you because of uh, injuries. Yeah. So, you know, it's extremely important to make sure that uh, your soldiers and yourselves are here on that timeline talking to the transition assistance counselors and making sure that you're getting the information that you need. And so how, how far are you into TAPS? And have you, you've not completed it yet. So I have completed all of my okay. essential stuff that I needed in order mm -hmm. to build my plan. I'm at the end phase now. I'm less than 30 days from my flight back to the United States. Hey. So I'm turning in all my gear. I scheduled all my household goods to get picked up and start to get shipped back to the States. Mm -hmm. um, so I am really at the end game at this stage, at this point in time. What did you think of the TAPS program? How, how much did it help you? Uh, I mean, it's great. Uh, mm -hmm. The it, it's a lot of information at once, you know, I'll be real, you know, with, with the listeners here, it's, it's a lot of information at once. And, uh, so, you know, what I tell people, I do the newcomers brief here on the installation every Thursday, uh, cause I'm in my internship, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. But the biggest point that I try to make to everybody is, you know, if you're not here on time, you're not going to be able to get those, that information that you need in order to be on time. So you need to make sure that you get there early. So it, it was extremely, um, extremely helpful. But the, the biggest factor of the information that you receive is what you're doing with it when you go home. Okay. Um, I see a lot of these younger soldiers, these younger individuals, that, that kind of high risk for unemployment post-military uh, service is the 18 years to 24-year-olds, uh, the first-term uh, soldiers, okay, their first-term contract. Mm -hmm. uh, those are high risk because they don't have much experience outside of the military. Um, and if they were late during TAP, they really lost a lot of the opportunities that they could get, uh, but they don't capitalize on the information that they're getting. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that information, uh, the, big, the big breaks that you're going to make in figuring out what you want to do is going gonna, is gonna to come after that and the efforts that you put 
um, on your own individual time in order to figure that out. So, you know, I would really say to a lot of the listeners, if they have family members in, in, you know, in the service and they're thinking about getting out, like, just make sure that they understand, you know, they got to put in the work really to, to, to figure it all out. It's not going to be, you know, held, it's not going to be given to them, which a lot of the army, a lot of the military uh, is everything. They tell you where to be, what to wear and what to do. So all it's all there for you to make, you know, as long as you can do that, you're successful. Um, but outside of the military, it's very different. It's really on your, you're on your own to really figure it all out and make sure that you build a network of people, um, that are able to support you. And that's another big thing is make sure you surround yourself with good people. And you went into taps with an idea of what you already wanted out, or were you kind of like, I don't kind of know, and this will help me decide on what my goal is going to be. I had no idea. Okay. Not a clue what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that during my military service, one of the, you know, the most fun and the, the, the most passion that I had was helping soldiers, mm-hmm. um, kind of life coaching. So I knew, I knew that if that were something I were to look into, if there were jobs in, in an industry somewhere around there, that, that I would really be good at that. Yeah. Um, so my initial plan, okay, especially going into the CSP and trying to figure out what I was doing for the career skills program internship. Um, I geared that focus towards government, civilian government positions, okay. um, somewhere in the realm of hopefully where I could help families and help soldiers and support them and help them figure out all these benefits and these opportunities that are out there for them that they don't even know about. So, uh, let's get into that. Then the, the CSP, the career skills program, you're interning with them. How did that develop and why did you decide to, to join into that internship? Yeah. So from my understanding, from Ryan's understanding, okay. Um, the, the career skills program, I'm not sure how long it's been in place, but it's very relatively new. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it's only a year as I'm, I think I'm looking on my computer. It's, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks like December 1st, 2021. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's really new. Yeah. So yeah, right. Exactly. So it's very, very new. So there's a lot of changes, even from the from last year, probably, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and so essentially uh, what I was looking to do was find a civilian government uh, position that I could shadow and that I can learn all these new skills, abilities, and all this knowledge that I need in order to be successful in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was my first focus um, as far as where I wanted to do the internship. Um, and I did get that and I got my packet together and I followed all the procedures and got it all approved through all the proper places. And then, uh, that's where I stepped into my internship, um, at a specific time, uh, about four months ago. Okay. Well, and what have you done with the internship or what do they have you do? What are your responsibilities? Yeah. So, uh, essentially my, my, my spot is, uh, kind of an administrative, um, and I'm a little bit of a life coach, just like I mm-hmm. said, now, uh, there's no specific job position in the building in which I'm working at, mm-hmm. uh, but our main focus for the internship was really to give me all the skills, knowledge, and abilities that I needed in order to bulk up my resume, that federal uh-huh. resume that I had. So when I started to apply for other government positions, I'd have a really, really good start here for four to six months of experience that I didn't have prior, which right. does, it does a lot to the resume to have that going into a new industry. Is, uh, is the CSP a part of TAPS? Was, was it, uh, is that what you graduate from TAPS and kind of can use the CSP? I'm a little confused on sort of the relationship between the two or if there is any. Yeah. So it's first it's TAP, just transition assistance program, not TAPS, just so. Oh, thank you. There's a very big difference. You're right. TAPS is very different. (laughs) Yeah. Just TAP, just transition assistance program is what it is now. It used to be called soldier for life, SFL TAP. Now they got rid of the soldier for life. It's just transition assistance program, AKA TAP. Mm -hmm. Um, Now the relationship that they have essentially is the CSP, the career skills program, okay, is a program that is approved to be used by the army in a specific parameter. Okay. But our, our job, okay. The job of the transition service manage, manager and the building of the transition assistance program is to help people find meaningful employment. Okay. 
So this program is just hand in hand with exactly what the job of TAP is to do, which is help you find meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you had mentioned sort of government personnel, and, and is that that to me speaks like working at uh, Congress or something, but this, this is more military government personnel that you're, you're referring to, correct? It's just civilian, civilian government positions. Yeah. So for people, for people that don't know, um, you know, there are specific parameters that you need to fall under in order to apply for specific jobs. Right. Um, Just talking in general. Um, And, you know, don't quote me on it, but my, my understanding of it, you know, there's, if you know, if you go uh, to usajobs.com and you create an account and you're whether you're a civilian or a veteran or an active duty or you're a spouse, there's jobs for everybody there that are within somewhat of the civilian government spectrum. Gotcha. Um, and there's a lot in there. There's a lot to dive in uh, as far as what they are, but there are jobs out there for everybody. Um, and, you know, like I said, for spouses, veterans, active military trying to look into going into civilian government like I do, like I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so USA jobs is, I, I think just really one Avenue of approach, but it's the, the most uh, popular uh, from my understanding. And that's what I've used for the past four months um, in order to start applying for, for other civilian government positions. Now it also, uh, I'm going to read from the, the career skills support program website here. One of the updates they had in September of this year was that army emergency relief, sorry, army emergency relief increased assistance from $1,500 to $2,000 for soldiers traveling from outside continental United States to participate in a CONUS CSP. Um, is, is there money then there's a grant that uh, you can gain through the CSP? Yeah. So, uh, coincided with the career skills program. Uh, the Army Emergency Relief. Okay, the Army Army Emergency Relief. First off, I want to make sure that I that I make this statement very clear. Is awesome, and it's for <laughs> everything. Any kind of uh, questions or trouble that you might have as a family member, a spouse, or active duty, um, the Army Emergency Relief is literally there to help you uh, financially. They they have many avenues of approach to support soldiers and their families during tough times. So if, if you fall under that, or, you know, somebody that falls under that, tell them, please to go to their army community service center, wherever their army emergency relief is on post, um, and go talk to them. Now, uh, the AER, okay. The army emergency relief, they have an approved, uh, program essentially for a grant for all those doing, uh, the career skills program. Mm -hmm. Um, now that change that you're talking about, it, they just essentially raised the, the grant for people coming from overseas because of the cost of all the flights and all of these things, uh, these cost, these costly things that are really on the soldier at that point, um, to make during their internship. Um, now from, from what I understanding as of today, you know, December, not, uh, what is it? December 8th, 2022. Okay. Um, it is uh, $2,000 for overseas going back to the United States. Okay. So what they call is um, like a non-local, okay, from Oconus. Okay. So from overseas to back to the States is $2,000. Um, now the non-local, oof, I, I can't remember. You might have it in front of you though. Uh, the non-local, okay, just within the States. So if you're in California stationed and you're going to New Jersey, to do your internship, I think it's a thousand dollars. It looks like uh, assistance may be provided as a grant up to five hundred dollars for participation in local continental United States CSP, but a grant up to a thousand for participation in a non-local CONUS CSP. So it looks like five hundred dollars. Yes, and then and then even higher up, like you said, grant up to two thousand dollars for soldiers traveling from outside continental United States to participate in a right. CONUS CSP. And let me make a, a, a quick edit here for our listeners is that the CSP was de- uh, uh, created in 20, uh, 2015, uh, not not last year. There was an update okay. to it last year um, that I saw. So 2015 was when this started. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that, okay. That's right. I think I've, I think I've read that as well. So you do, you have three different numbers uh, to think about um, in the Army Emergency Relief uh, career skills support program, the CSSP, which is 
the Army Emergency Relief's way of giving you a grant. You have that $2,000 for going from overseas back to the state's CSPs. You have $1,000 for non-local within the states, okay? Let's say going from California to New Jersey to do your internship. And then you have $500 for your local, which is like me, what I fell under. So I did a local uh, here, okay? And then I got $500 and I went straight out and I got a whole new wardrobe that I don't have because I've been in the army for seven years. Right. So I went and got myself some suits and, and, you know, the, the value that it brings, um, you know, it, it, it really makes you feel valued um, for, you know, the sacrifices and all these things that you've done over the years uh, in the military. It really helps you feel valued that they will support you um, in going and getting a new wardrobe to feel professional and look professional in the new industry that I want to go into. So it was it made all the difference, really stepping into the into the internship. Um, how much different uh, do you feel as like pre-tap Ryan, as opposed to where you're at now in confidence level of your transition? Um, insurmountable. There is mm -hmm. such a difference um, from just, just five months ago. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And, you know, for me individually, I knew that that was just another hurdle in life that I just needed to get over, you know? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things that we deal with in the military, like, you know, you're, ruck, you're, you're with your ruck, your pack, and you're going 12 miles and there's a hill in front of you and you don't know how you're going to get over it, but you always do. So uh, for me, this was just another, another way of me looking up that hill and saying that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accomplish this. It might look like it's a lot of uphill right now, but at some point I'll get over the hill and start, start going downhill, which is easier. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's insurmountable difference um, where I am now from what I was just five months ago. But going through TAP the proper way, uh, getting the information that I needed, um, making sure that I utilized all that information and took the time to uh, really research what it is that I wanted to do to get myself to an answer um, is, is what helped me get to where I am now. Uh, guys that are sort of behind you in that decision-making process, what uh, what best advice do you give to them or what question do you get the most uh, after having gone through as much as you have so far? Uh, just to just, just keep on it. Just mm -hmm. stay stay on it. Don't give up. Um, you know, in, in life in general, not even just talking about this transition, there's going to be things that you need to work really hard at in order to figure it out. Life is not gentle. It's not, it's not, that's not how it works. So when you find yourself in a difficult position, all you got to do is find the things that help support you in general health and mental, you know, mental capacity. Like for me, specifically, when I start going through stress of not having answers for things and not knowing what I want to do, you know, family, um, fitness, okay, and, and just general keeping up and organized with normal things in my house, just starting with making the bed in the day. Yeah. You know, if I'm able to, if I'm able to keep those little things in line and help that support me through these tough times is what is going to get you to that place that you want to be. You just got to keep at it. Uh, what kind of terrified you the most? maybe terrified is too strong of a word, but of the transition when you got into it, was it, was it the uncertainty? Was it the, leaving the military that like sort of it's a, it, it is a home it's a brotherhood it's a it's a it's a family um certainly uh and we've heard that a lot from our veterans with through vbc is that like, you get out and the thing you miss the most is being around all the guys that you've you know been with um was there something that stuck out to you of just like oh i'm really not looking forward to that yeah terrified is definitely a good word um <laughs> yeah it's terrifying it is uh you know, and anyone saying that it's not is just either really good and knowing what they want to do uh, or they're lying. Yeah. Um, it's scary. It's a scary process. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the thing that helped me most was um, was really that support system that I that I had when it when it came to, um, you know, the men and women to my left and right down at the company, the family and the friends and making sure that I surrounded myself with with good people. Right. Um, and I'm sure your fiance probably supported you in this as well. Like, you know, you have that home support. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't have that, you know, mm -hmm. I'm extremely fortunate that I have a good support system when it comes, when it comes to family. Um, you know, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize and just say that everybody has that. And some people might not. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I would say to them is just make sure the people that you do surround yourself with and the things you spend yourself, the time that you spend doing certain things is what's going to influence everything in your life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, making those little decisions on a day-to-day -day basis of doing, you know, doing things that are good for your mental health, good for your physical health and, and those tiny little things, making your bed, keeping it organized, making sure your, your finances are all squared away. You know, it's, it's about growing up. I mean, we're all adults here at this time. You join at 18, around 18 years old, you know, and, and there's a lot to learn. I, I joined when I was older. So I, I was fortunate to kind of have, you know, my university days of making all those mistakes and uh, <laughs> learning from them and then applying those uh, since I've been in the military, as well as um, advancing the knowledge and understanding of all of them since I've been in too. Uh, you've pretty much, you know, you sort of developed that five, 10 year plan. You talked about a bit about that earlier. Um, but, uh, uh, lead me through that. What is, what is your next five years look like? And, and, uh, how has, uh, the, the, the CSP and tap, uh, set you up for success? Yeah. So, um, you know, going from the day that I started, uh, tap and to now, um, you know, there's, there's a lot difference of people who have done the same process as me. And they're not where I am. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it goes, it goes with those little things that I, that I'm specific about. You get a lot of information at once when it comes to tap and yeah. you can take, you can take tap as many times as you need. Oh, you I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to go through those classes only once. So That's good. for those of you out there, you know, that have done it maybe, you know, six months ago and you're getting closer to your, your termination date. And you don't remember all of that stuff. Go talk to your counselor. Sign up again. You can get in there again. Mm -hmm. um, just be transparent with your leadership on what your plan is and why you need to go to to, to the transition assistance program again. Um, that way, you can gain the support of your command team as well. Right. Um, so and your yeah. and your five year plan. My my five year plan at this point in time. Uh, so I I didn't get a civilian government position. Um, I got a couple really great offers. Uh, they just weren't, they weren't where I really needed them to be financially, especially with the cost of living in some of those areas, which we know nowadays is pretty bad. Yeah. Come to Pittsburgh. Uh, it's not so, so bad here. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I, I got a job offer, uh, in a GS seven, which is the GS is the, basically the scale or the rank system of mm -hmm. the civilian government's, uh, one, one sector, uh, was a GS seven. And, uh, was looking about making about 51 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and looking at that, uh, with the taxes I'd be paying in that area, um, you know, what I'd be paying for retirement specific, big number things. I'd, yeah. I'd only come home with a net income of 35 grand a year. Right. And that area, the cost of living in a one bedroom apartment is about 30 grand a year. So that only leaves me with $5,000 of spending money. And that's a big, big, big factor for a lot of kids that don't, they don't take in all these factors yeah. um, when they're going out of the military. And that's why in the beginning of the podcast, when I talked about all the amazing benefits that the military has pay benefits, uh, food, you know, your they pay for your food. Uh, and then if you're getting housing, you're pay they're paying for your housing or you're living on post. There's a lot of things that you don't realize that is a very big benefit of, of staying in the military. You know, I'm not just here to promote getting out of the military. Being in the military is a great thing. There's a lot of good benefits. And I'm not going to throw a wrench in your plans, Ryan, but once you guys start having kids, it's diapers, yeah. it's formula, it's food, it's food that you put in front of them. And they're like, I'm not eating that. And you're like, well, that's what we're having. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of those big things is like, I, I love to do is spreadsheets and making sure I'm keeping track of where I'm going. And, and that's another, that's going to be another big thing I'm going to have to do when, when those kids come along, we got some years that we want to spend still uh, together to uh, enjoy ourselves a little bit, but you never yeah, know. Totally. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I went off a little track there, but my, fi my five-year plan, I'll be, I'll be training in my new job that I got. Uh, it's with the family business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather started this business in 1968. Now my father and my aunts and uncles run it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know that there was a job offer on the table. Um, you know, but my, my aunts, uncles, and my dad, they really allowed me to, um, you know, exhaust all my resources for what it is that I really was passionate about and what I wanted to do before they spoke to me about this offer. Right. Um, and with the timeline of where I was at, and again, I am so fortunate to have this support system that was able to offer me a job that puts me in a really good place. Right. Um, but you know, but that, that doesn't go without saying that my CSP and everything that I've learned and the six months that I was able to put on my resume and the resume, the federal resumes that I made, um, and that I'm able to make now because of the knowledge and the skills and the abilities that I've learned while working here. Yeah. uh, It's, it's insurmountable. I mean, I, you know, if I, if this doesn't work out for my next job and I'm continuing to look for civilian jobs, like the, the skills and the things that I was able to put there, um, that go to my resume and go to my future are, are unbelievable. Um, so it's put me in a really good place. And even though I didn't get into what my specific plan was in the beginning, and this is very important, mm-hmm. even though, even though I didn't get there to where I really wanted to be, there's so much that I learned, um, in general concepts at that internship, mm-hmm. um, that helped me set me up for the future. So for the first year, I'll be training um, down in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and mm-hmm. then hopefully in about a year or two, once the training is complete, I'm going to open a whole new office for the company in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. That's awesome. That's it's good to hear. Um, yeah. And uh, Ryan, I mean, my last question is uh, advice for people. Is this easy to sign up for? I understand TAP is. Is AER easy to sign up for? Is it just about talking, you know, with your leadership and, and you know, like you said, being transit, uh, uh, being um, open about what your your plan is? Yeah, I would say the programs are always there for you at any time for okay. you to walk in and ask your questions about the program. Um, find out where your local programs are, what building um, on post, um, utilize them, ask the questions. That is what they're there for. That is what they love doing. Those Everybody working in those buildings, the Army Community Service Center usually is a big support system for all of those programs. They can help you get in touch with who you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, use those programs how you need. Now, is it yeah, easy? easy? Yeah, yeah. Yes and no. Um this program for the career skills program specifically talking is very, it's, it's constantly changing and updating um, as of right now. So you have to get that, that, that important information. Um, and it takes time. It takes effort. So, um, you know, I would like to say that it's easy, but it, it's, it is in a sense, as long as you take it seriously and, uh, and do everything that you need to do, um, on your own individual time to make sure you set yourself up for success. But yes, TAP and AR, uh, all of these programs that are there for you on base, on your home installation, they are there for you um, to use. So if you need the help and you need to find out where it's at, you're a new soldier, especially talk to your first line, your second line supervisor, um, you know, ask them where they are, where they're located for the majority of it. When you in process to a new unit, they're going to give you all of this information on where things are. So just make sure you pay attention, take those notes um, and go talk to the people that are running the program. They are the ones that are going to give you the best and timely information that you need. Fantastic. Uh, this has been a wealth of information, Ryan. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to dish it all out for us. I'll make sure uh, to put all of these links uh, in the description here. Anybody that may be like searching on YouTube, like, should I get out of the military or how to get out of the military or what is my transition, things like that. This hopefully will pop up. They can get all the information straight from you. That's it's fantastic. Um, to our audience, like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube. So you're the first to know whenever we release new episodes. Uh, and you can email me, Sean, at S-H-A-U-N at veteransbreakfastclub.org. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure there's maybe not a way to, to interact with you, you know, specifically, uh, but is there somebody that you can point people to that may be watching this video? Uh, just this is the majority of like what I said before is make sure okay. that you find where that program is, where they're located on your installation uh, mm-hmm. and go talk to the people that are running that program, because that's where you're going to get all the information you need. And uh, Ryan, if I may say here at the end, uh, one, thank you for your service. And two, uh, you have an uncanny resemblance to Tom Holland. So hopefully he plays you in a story of your life uh, here in the future. Um, in fact, when you first popped on, I was like, 
I'm going to have an hour with Tom Holland. This is pretty uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I heard Tom Holland. Usually I get John Cena or uh, John Cena. something along those John lines. John Cena's the haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new haircut, right? <laughs> um, well, I wish you nothing but luck uh, in your transition out. You know, I hope to have you on another episode of The Scuttlebutt, maybe in like a year or two, uh, catch up with you about how that transition has, has worked, what, you know, your thoughts on it as you went through it. Um, you know, it'd be awesome to hear that sort of update. I think our audience would be interested to hear like, okay, well, you went through it all, you know, what's the next step? Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. This has been a lot of fun. I hope uh, I hope a lot of your listeners have gotten some good information and and some good pep talk. Just make sure everyone listening, you guys just keep going and make sure if you're looking uphill at something that it's only a hill and you'll get by no time. Just keep going. That's a great note to end on. Ryan, thank you so much again. Uh, we'll see you all on another episode of The Scuttlebutt. Thank you for watching this episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'd like to take a moment to thank both of our sponsors, the first being DND Metal Recycling and Auto Salvage. They began as a small hauling and used auto parts operation in the Pittsburgh area in the late 1970s, but they've grown into a full-service metal recycling company with two locations, Lawrenceville and Tarentum. D&D accepts all types of metal, both ferrous and non-ferrous, that may be generated by industrial manufacturing, construction and demolition, small commercial entities, as well as individual customers. They have a wide variety of material handling equipment and are capable of managing any type of job in a timely and efficient manner. You can contact them for quotes and availability at D&D, &D, that's D&D &D Auto Salvage. Dot com. Uh, thank you so much to D&D. &D. Uh, they've been a sponsor for quite some time, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, the second being Tobacco-Free Adagio Health. They are dedicated to reducing and preventing tobacco use and to getting the word out about the hazards of smoking and secondhand smoke. They're all about health. So they want people to quit and they have classes and nicotine replacement therapy and a popular quit line, which is the easiest number to remember ever, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They also educate people, children especially, about tobacco use from cigarettes, cigars, pipes, chew, snuff, and other nicotine products like vaping. Finally, Tobacco-Free Adagio Health advocates for public and private policies that ensure healthy places to live, work, and play. You can learn all of what Tobacco-Free Adagio Health offers at tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org, or you can watch our recent episode with Tobacco-Free Adagio Health on the Scuttlebutt, uh, where they talk about a lot of the programs that they offer for those who are looking to quit. Thank you to both of our sponsors for their continued support of the Scuttlebutt podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks.